Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be taking a break from our usual format of discussing Beef Watch newsletter articles. Today's Beef Watch Podcast is a producer's perspective, and I have the privilege of being joined by Rosemary Anderson, who ranches with her husband and their kids south of Whitman, Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I think the privilege is really mine, Aaron. As we talk today, the focus of our conversation is really going to be around thinking about the different enterprises that are part of your operation and how you arrived at those. But before we do that, share with us a little more about yourself and the history of the operation there and how you and your husband got started ranching there south of Whitman. Okay, well, um, my family, the Vintons, homesteaded in Grant County in the early 1900s. So I grew up ranching and planning to come home and work with my dad after college and grad school. And I guess our business really started with that and with buying our first cows and a little piece of ground with uh, FSA interest assist loans. But um, things kind of changed. The home place got a little bit crowded when my brothers moved back. So in 2008, my husband and I bought into a neighbor's place with some help from my dad. The neighbor also helped a lot because he acted as our bank, and he also retained about a third of the acres, which we were able to then lease from him. Splitting the sheets like that was really hard, but I'm pretty sure our family relationships would not have survived trying to ranch together. So in the end, it was a right decision for everybody, and my brothers and I are still good friends and respect each other a lot. But anyway, we knew we'd have to really hustle to make the land and the cow and the equipment payments. So the quickest way to generate cash flow was to take in contract heifers to winter and then synchronize and AI them, which is kind of interesting, actually, because my great granddad leased this very ranch in 1934 to run heifers on. (laughs) So I thought that was an interesting circle back to the history. At that time, we also bought my dad's fall cows, and we thought they would be a good fit to the hay resources and the heifer workload. But shortly after that, we had a lucrative leased spring cow opportunity come along, so we added that to the business. I remember my accountant saying, man, kiddo, you have a lot of spinning plates, but you're sure making it work. I guess we just did whatever we could to make payments and... And then in 2010, we were able to enroll the land into an LLC, and we've increased our net worth pretty exponentially since we first started off. So as you think about which enterprises you chose to get involved with, what shaped your decision-making as you chose those? And then as you've moved forward, how has that changed? Well, um, in college, we both had the good fortune to take a capstone management class. This was at the University in Lincoln with Terry Clothenstein. And he taught us that the first step to approaching any enterprise or any opportunity is to set your goals. So all along, we have started with asking ourselves how an idea either supports or is in conflict with our goals. And our goals are first, second, third, fourth. They're not really ranked, but our goals are to make money, to be happy, to raise good kids, and to contribute to the industry. 
And we actually have these in writing. And every decision, every allocation of resources, every strategy that we discuss comes back to these goals. And so some of the enterprises that have tried out, and maybe we don't do them anymore, but they're not necessarily discarded. It's just they don't always fit the the circumstances of the moment. But some of the enterprises we've talked about or we've done is the heifer development, the fall cows, and the leased cows. But we've also done some custom backgrounding of steers. We've done custom drilling. We've sold a few bull calves that are unregistered. Of course, we manage spread heifers, but sometimes we've done through grass. And all of these have been decent profit centers. We still do some heifer development, and we now own all of our spring cows. We took advantage of the market in 2014 and actually sold all of the fall cows because our time was just becoming way too valuable to be spread out over a whole different calving herd. And then depending on the market, we often buy steer and heifer calves in the fall and we overwinter them and sell them as yearlings and the heifers after AI and cleanup exposure. And then I still AI around 4,000 head of heifers and cows off the ranch. And then another enterprise is sometimes just selling the hay outright. So we've had, you know, we've tried a bunch of different things and and we, we don't necessarily kick anything to the curb, but just depending on what the demands are from our family and from the markets and from the weather, that's kind of how we decide what fits the goals. Thinking back a little bit, when you and your husband came up with these goals, what was the process you went through together to arrive at those? Um, I think most people would share those basic goals, like being happy, making money. And that was kind of one of the things that we learned from Coffinstein was to separate what is a goal from what is a strategy to achieve the goal. And so when we, we decided what are our goals, we tried to keep them kind of broad and we test them out constantly by just seeing how, you know, how does this opportunity or how does this challenge fit into the goal. In setting up this meeting with you, knew it needed to be when the baby was napping, and that way and I could both be happy. <laughs> um, it needed to be during the slower time of the day because we're getting AI calves now, and that way I wouldn't be compromising calving lot responsibilities. So that meets the make money and be happy goal. I knew I needed to be done in time to run to town and visit with our state senator candidate which is industry contribution goal. And that was going to happen before picking up my fourth child from catechism, which is the raising good kids goal. <laughs> Most of all, it just needed to happen because you asked me to do it. And that's the industry contribution goal again. And when we decided what our goals were, just everything that we were considering needed to either fit or not fit. And that's, I guess that's how we came up with goals. As you think about your framework in evaluating enterprises, obviously they have to meet your goals, but then as you think about the, the financial side of that and you work through and evaluate your time, your labor, your resources there with the ranch, how do you use those as you evaluate which enterprises you say yes to and which ones you say, you know what, I think we're going to lay those aside or, 
or maybe not do that right now? Well, obviously, like most people, every year I put together a balance sheet and a cash flow statement for a banker. And we update those at least halfway through and sometimes more frequently than that to see how things are playing out. And for example, if a prospective purchase isn't already in the cash flow, I get pretty owly about just winging it and buying it anyway. And a cash flow, it's like a budget and it's a, it's a way to make money and that goal. So we try to stick to that as closely as we can. Break-evens, we figure up break-evens for everything we do. We track every expense and we try to allocate them to enterprises and then try to make each enterprise stand alone, unsubsidized by the other ones. And of course, this doesn't always happen, but when it doesn't, I usually can figure out why because of tracking all the other information and then we can make changes. We apply fair market values to all of our resources and and that forces some pretty militant accountability and kind of gives us a cushion, I guess, if you will, about what is our, you know, our economic profit versus the financial profit. We use partial budgets a lot, especially when we decide what to do with the pivots every year. And of course, we track input prices, and that's a cinch now with all the information available online. The cow and the financial records are extremely thorough. We have scales on our chute and our caker, and we weigh our bales often, and we test our hay quality. And then we use these data to rate cow productivity and protein needs, how much hay each bovine is supposed to be getting versus what they're actually getting, so on and so forth. And of course, the resources provided by extension are practically infinite. We've both participated in ranch practicum. I attended one of your unit cost of production workshops a couple of years ago. And I constantly harass Rick Funston with reproductive physiology questions. And again, there's just a tremendous amount of information online provided by extension. And those are some of the things we use, I guess, when we're evaluating the enterprises. So from our conversation, you spend quite a bit of time, sounds like, on the record-keeping side to provide you with information to help you evaluate, make decisions. How do you do that with the responsibilities you have? How do you do your record-keeping? What does that look like? Is there any service you use or tools you use that have helped you be effective with that? Um. It's probably kind of embarrassing, but an awful lot of it is notepads and paper (laughs) and pencil. I can seem to remember things I write down better than I do just if it was entered into a phone or into a computer. I use Excel spreadsheets, of course, for everything because it's a lot easier to, to organize the information once you've got it gathered. I don't even use QuickBooks. The old ancient Excel spreadsheet that I use for itemizing all of our expenses and our income seems to work just fine for the accountant. And I like it because I can manipulate it in ways that I'm familiar with to come up with the enterprise analyses. We're getting a little bit better about using more updated technology, but I'm still pretty old fashioned about it. And I guess. I'm hoping to improve. That's one of my challenges is to get with the times and maybe at least get our whole family on Google Calendar so we can keep track of each other a little better. But but yeah, that's 
that's about how I do it. Well, I think that's a great example. You find what works for you and what you're comfortable with, and you've put together a plan and a way of doing things that works for you. It provides you the information you need and also fits with what you need for your accountant. So I think that's a great example in my mind that you need to find tools that work for you. And these seem to be some that do work. Obviously you said there's maybe opportunities to change or improve, but just having more technology doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to make you better at making decisions. Sure. I guess as you think about looking forward and obviously you mentioned your family's changing, you got dynamics to work with there. How do you see maybe some of your goals and objectives adjusting in terms of how you think about which enterprises you engage in going forward? Well, this is kind of a fun thing to think about um, because we can look back at where we were 10 or 12 years ago and, and man, it was pretty tough. Like at first we were, we were so broke that we were literally hand scooping two or three ton of distillers into this ancient grinder mixer and we did everything on horseback and we spent tons of time doing jobs that today take minutes, literally. And back then I would say yes to any and every group of heifers needing bread, regardless of their genetic quality or their disposition or how inconvenient they might be or how inconvenient their owner might be. We ran some really crappy used machinery and all of it was just about getting through those first 10 years and making enough money to pay down the debt. And it wasn't that we were miserable. We were really, really tired all the time, but it was a good way to raise up the kids and and it was worth it because we got stuff paid off. But now we can afford a little bit better tractor. We finally got an overhead bulk bin that can actually hold a almost a whole load of distillers. And we were able to get a bigger dining room table for all the kids. And that's kind of a big thing now is is with the six kids and their age ranges one to 16, we need a lot more simplicity and efficiency on the ranch just to accommodate the chaos of keeping up with all of their stuff. So even though we both really enjoy the $10 an hour jobs and we sure never minded doing things on horseback. It's just sometimes we've got to be a lot more efficient with the time and also be able to have the flexibility to take off for a couple of days and go to state wrestling if Gavin qualifies or um, run into town and pick up a kid here or a kid there. And I think a lot of it right now is just coming back to it's a goal of raising good kids and being happy and that's supported by the profitability. So we're, we kind of have simplified and, and eliminated some of those enterprises that I mentioned earlier, just because we were just spread too thin and, and now we can try to focus on what we're really most passionate about, or maybe is the best and highest uses of our resources and have more control over what's happening on a day-to-day basis on the ranch. Yeah, I guess that's how it's changed the most. So if you were going to go back 15, 20 years and give yourself a piece of advice, what would you maybe encourage yourself to do or encourage yourself to think differently about? Well, I asked my husband how he would answer this question and, and he didn't hesitate at all. He says, I wish we would have gone after a bigger land purchase and just just made, been, been more aggressive 
and less risk adverse because the in hindsight the price of the land was so much more reasonable back then and and we have discovered that we're fully capable of managing the place so we should have gone bigger and i agree with him but um if i were to give myself advice you know that i would include that but i would also probably encourage myself to go ahead and spend some time giving back to the industry i didn't discover until just a few years ago how rewarding that's been for me personally and how important i think it is for everybody and i kind of wish that i would have gotten more involved in you know just giving back volunteerism and serving on committees and i just think it's important to do that for good karma but i also think it's helped our business tremendously because of the networking that we've achieved through through contributing to those kinds of things and some of the people we've met have really helped us along and you know just associating with people that kind of think on a higher level and are more positive in their outlook and used to processing lots of different information i think that has trained us and made us better ranchers that would be a really big piece of advice probably the other thing is i wish that i could have found like a nanny <laughs> early on <laughs> if i'd known i was going to have so many kids it would have been nice to have a little more help just keeping them in line but yeah that's probably the main things well, anything else you'd like to add rosemary in terms of your perspective on just the process you've gone through with your business there as we point towards wrapping this up? No, not really. I just, I guess I want to, I want to say thank you for all the work that you and, and your peers do. Um, I mentioned earlier the ranch practicum and, and some of these other programming deals that extension do. They've really, it's been a huge impact on us and we use that information and those thought processes and those resources on a daily basis. So when you've asked me to help with a beef watch podcast, I, I'm just happy to help. At least I can do. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you joining me today. Well, thank you. Well, for more information on some of the content that was talked about in today's beef watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website at the website are a number of resources related to the topics we discussed today.